the Protectors of the Wood podcast. Everything is at stake. The destruction of our planet is becoming real life. This podcast tells the story of misfit teenagers struggling to band together and help our world through this crisis. Episode number 47, The Wrong Way Again. Phoebe's conversation with her father keyed up her expectations to a fever pitch. All the following day, she expected to see Abby in the toy store, in the courtyard, on the street. But nothing happened. The day was smooth and uneventful. After work, she walked to the gas station and watched a bit of George, Jeremy, and Eddie's last practice before the performance. They were absorbed in the music and took little notice of her. She walked home alone, still expecting to see Abby step out from behind every tree. Friday dawned clear and hot as usual. Phoebe lay in bed, too excited to sleep the same thoughts circling through her mind. Wendy expects Abby to leave. Surely the time has come. She's going to visit me, and people will be hunting for her. It will be up to me to do something. But what? She felt restless at work, and glad to escape next door for a late lunch. Ellie and her friends were there already, setting up chairs, standing around talking, and getting in Chester's way as he sold vegetables to a constant stream of customers. Hey, Sammy, how you doing? Can I get uh, double cheeseburger with bacon? And, uh, I'll take some of the nut yellow. butter and strawberry muffins to go. Sammy stood behind the counter, taking orders with a big smile on his face. The mood of excitement was good for him. The long, slow, boring days were over. This would be a new experience a real achievement in a new world. I'll take two dozens of the strawberry muffins. Can I get a BLT? Yeah, 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 talking, listening to music on earbuds, juggling soccer balls, and riding scooters and skateboards. Customers complained about difficulty getting to the front door. Runaway skateboards and soccer balls, reckless scooter tricks, made the courtyard a hazard. Gilligan had to send Phoebe outside to restore order. She banned skateboards and soccer balls for the night, to the annoyance of many. She drew a boundary in chalk for the scooter tricks, 
and made a sign. Soccer balls in the backyard only and no skateboards after 5 p.m. Jasmine, try shooting with your left foot. That side is open. Marisol, start your run earlier. The long corner is open. Hey, get your kicks! Shoot! Take You left your game at Five more minutes, are you Play the game, five more minutes. That's it for soccer balls and skateboards. Put them away, or I'll take them away. Make way at the front door, and be considerate of others. Yes. The concert at Sammy's will begin at 8 p.m. U14 girls soccer is in the backyard with Lewis. The coming concert was definitely attracting attention. Phoebe and Louise's players and their following all intended to visit the coffee shop after practice. In fact, Phoebe had already decided to end practice early, before 8 p.m. She only wished they would close the toy store early, so she could see the performance too. But she didn't dare ask Gilligan. That last hour of the day was their best moneymaker. Even soccer practice attracted a crowd that evening. A special zing seemed to be in the air as the girls played with grace and skill. The time flew by. Suddenly, twilight was settling over Middletown and it was hard to see the ball. A couple of parents drove up Stable Lane, the narrow street along the backyard, and waited for their daughters. The stirring sound of the guitar chord rang out from the back door of the coffee shop. The band began to tune up. Phoebe blew three bursts on her whistle and thanked the team. Thanks, everyone. Most of the crowd in the backyard streamed through the toy store to Bridge Avenue and then into Sammy's front door. Phoebe collected the colored vests, the balls, the red cones, and the first aid kit, and the water cooler and cups. Usually she appointed volunteers to help, but today she let them all go. The players were eager to be out in the street, checking out the new arrivals and missing nothing of the big event. In her heart, Phoebe felt just as drawn by the magnetism of the concert as the girls on her team. But unlike the team, she found herself feeling abandoned in the darkening backyard, with everyone else laughing and talking next door. Their excited voices spilled out of Sammy's open windows. This is all wonderful, but everyone's got a friend but me tonight. A lovely moon is rising, but it doesn't feel like it's shining for me. Phoebe took a deep breath and entered the main room, 
expecting anger from Gilligan for being in the backyard while crowds mobbed the store. But to her surprise, the place was almost empty. Gilligan was shaking his head. You're here just when the last customer's gone. Everyone's gone on to Sammy's. Ah, it's almost closing time anyway. You might as well see the people out of the courtyard and lock the gate. Will do. She bolted outside and onto the sidewalk. Fifteen or twenty people were milling around Sammy's front door. She could hear the music. The crowd was mostly quiet, listening. Phoebe realized that the coffee shop must be full, packed tight. These people could not get in. So much for me getting in. After all I've done, I can't even hear a song. But wait, I've got an idea. Gilligan, I left some stuff outside. So Phoebe went out the back door of the toy store, over the flimsy fence, and opened the back door of the coffee shop very slowly. A song had just ended, and applause and yells of enthusiasm filled the air. Phoebe slipped through the half-open door and stayed low to the floor. The backs of the performers were not ten feet away, and beyond were rows of teens seated on the floor, on chairs, and standing packed together. They were clapping some with arms over their heads. A few finger-picked chords quieted the audience noise, and George's mournful guitar played a melody Phoebe hadn't heard before. His voice sang out. It takes time to cry. It takes time for things to die It can be sad to see your life go by Now I'm older Love is over I looked and she was gone There's a different world where she belongs Doesn't matter Who's right or wrong Now I'm older Love is over Space. Uh. 
takes time for things to die It can be sad to see life go by Now I'm older Love is over I looked and she was gone There's a different world where she belongs It doesn't matter who's right or wrong Now I'm older Love is over Her heart was in her mouth. The band moved into an extended jam with solos building up and fading. She gazed aimlessly over the crowd, her mind occupied with painful thoughts. Yet happy for George and for all of them, for making something new and interesting out of their strange lives. Sad things can seem beautiful, shared in a song. Kids in the crowd began putting their arms over each other's shoulders and swaying back and forth. Wait, who, who is that? Yes, that's Abby, hiding there in the third row. No doubt about it. Her face, clear as a bell. Abby was watching the musicians with a look of rapt attention. Her eyes were fixed on the performance, her eyes shining. She's staring at George. I can tell. I remember she liked him at the party. The clapping and the cheers were warm and enthusiastic. They even liked that gloomy song. Jeremy was right. Phoebe watched a boy sitting next to Abby lean over and speak into her ear. 
Abby turned and replied, only a couple of inches from the boy's cheek. They obviously knew each other well. Phoebe felt sure she had seen him before. There was something familiar in his features. He seemed young, with long, unkempt, curly brown hair, an easy smile, but a wary look in his eyes. Is it my imagination, or does he glance around nervously? Phoebe felt anxiety, tugging at her thoughts. Gilligan is going to be furious. She turned and skipped out the door, over the fence, and back into the toy store. In a moment, she was putting away stray items, as if she had never left. Gilligan was counting the money in the register. So, how was the concert? <laughs> it's all right. This is the best week I've had since I bought the store. Huh. Don't make a habit of it, though. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. And I'm so glad the store's doing well. In another 15 minutes, Phoebe and Gilligan closed up and were out on the sidewalk, mingling with the crowd outside Sammy's door. The mood was happy and lighthearted. The band rolled into a fast song, and Phoebe recognized Jeremy's voice, though she could not make out the words. The music jumped along, building to a climax. The song rose into a finale, and then repeated the last chords and words over and over. The crowd began chanting and pumping their fists in the air. wanted to be sociable and chat with different people, but she stood aside and looked carefully for Abby in the crush of people. She was painfully aware that some very persistent and dangerous adults were almost certainly nearby at that moment, searching for Abby. A line of cars idled along Bridge Avenue. Looking them over, she recognized an old green sedan, double parked, under a street light, just a car length away. It had to be the same car she had seen as she hid under the pine branches at the haunted house. 
A man she didn't know leaned out of the open window, scanning the crowd. Without warning, he looked to the side and noticed Phoebe staring at him. She tore her eyes away and stepped behind the streaming crowd. In a moment, she squeezed into the coffee shop and looked frantically for Abby. But Abby was nowhere to be found. One, two, one, two, three, four. Here we go. listening to the Protectors of the Wood podcast. Find all our podcasts, 
songs, and projects on our website, protectorsofthewood.com. And to all the eco-warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts.